Hello, Internet. Yes, it's still me, the substitute teach in the building, and welcome to season 197. Ooh, 97 was a great year for hip-hop. Episode 1 of The Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This podcast is, you know, it's the one where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It's Monday, August 9th, 2021. My name is Miles Gray, a.k.a. Do you have the time to listen to Miles Pine about the golden age of hip-hop? I am one of those elder millennials, G-Funk to the bone, no doubt about it. Okay, that's true. That is me. Shout out to Hey Skippio on the Discord for that basket case inspired AKA. I'm thrilled to be joined yet again by my guest co-host. Somebody, I don't, do I have to keep introducing her? We get it. She's brilliant. She's talented. She's vivacious. You've heard her on so many podcasts. You've seen her on so many things. She's giving her takes on movies, films, anime, music, anything. If I have a bad opinion, I go to her. I said, is this a good opinion on media? And she said, uh-uh, no. And I said, okay, never mind, never mind, never mind. I didn't think that anyway. Uh, I trust you. Please welcome my guest host, my ride or die, Joelle Monique. I am back. Probably not going to defend Marvel today. We'll be getting into some epic Dolly Parton, not to steal your thunder for later, Miles, but I'm really excited for this segment, particularly because I'm, I'm who our guest is. I'm, look, I'm excited too. <laughs> Let's. Uh, we might as well just get right into it. Uh, our next guest is somebody who, you know, I didn't realize. I'm like, I, I think we're we're meant to be friends. Okay, somebody from the Bay Area, San Francisco. So you know, we got that Cali love. Uh, but she decided to make a sojourn away from the great state. And again, it's nothing to do with politics or anything like that. I I mentioned this because she is the person who opened my eyes to the majesty that is Dolly Parton. I didn't realize until one of the first times our guest came on and opened me up to what it was to understand the majesty that is Dolly. That queen and shit. aside from that, she's not just a, a Dolly Parton advocate, okay? She's a motherfucking stand-up comedian who's hilarious as fuck, and you need to be hearing her wherever she is, wherever she's performing, wherever she appears. Please welcome one of my favorite guests, Lydia Popovich! Pow, 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 pow. Wow, what, what, what an intro. Oh my God. Yeah. I, it's so rare that somebody introduces me and really gets it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, and really mm-hmm. understands the mm-hmm. crux of my personality, which truly <laughs> is guns, Dolly Parton, and weed. Like that, I think, as I'm saying, 90 to Day think, Fiance, too. And 90 Day Fiance. Oof, don't get oh, me started wow. on that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, we're I all just, intersecting today. I need a family, I need a family crest, you know what I mean? With just like yeah. a big wig, a big blunt, and like, an AK oh, and then yeah. like a television set and maybe like some fries. Like that, yes. I think that was like just all the way across Lydia, the board. we've just met, but uh, maybe I'm in love with you. I don't know. It might be happening. Yeah. I might be falling right now. Oh, I get it. It's a, it's a wig draped on top of a television set and underneath are like two crossed guns. You know even better. I mean? Like that kind of uh, thing. Even yeah, better yeah, with yeah, like yeah. nachos like and french crossbones. fries just, just crowded around it. <laughs> oh yeah, my goodness. Perfect. I'd love to see it. What's you new, Lydia? I mean? Man, you know, not a lot, and then everything. Good. You know Great. how it works. Yeah, I've been uh, since we last talked. I've been continuing my just my quest to be chill, my mm-hmm. quest just to settle in, my quest to mm-hmm. give as little fucks as possible about things that don't impact my life directly. Um, mm-hmm. Always, always proselytizing Miss Dolly Parton, trying to get the word out. That is one of my main purposes on this life, in addition <laughs> to making people laugh, is making sure that everybody understands and realizes that Dolly Parton will change your life, and that you need at least a sliver of her magic in your world to shine on your face that you know that everything's going to be okay. Cause she is a living, breathing, walking angel on this earth, blessing us with gifts every day. Even when you don't know it, Dolly Parton is doing something yeah. for you. 
Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? I got well, titties. Gonna find out, like, Ooh, I wait, let's see it. This he is my brand titties. new tattoo. I love it. Yeah, oh, wait, what's it say? It says, what would Dolly, Dolly do? do? Oh, wow. And then it's got like a cowboy rope with two stars, but it's titties. Evoking. It is. Evoking, evoking the breasts. Oh, wonderful. Because, I mean. But how long did that take? How long did it take for that Actually, tattoo? it was pretty quick. It was like maybe an hour, hour and 15. Yes. Dave was cooking with gas. Yeah. Okay. Handsome All Sweets right. out of Nashville. He's amazing. Check him out. Welcome Taste, okay. Nashville. He's amazing. Great, great, great tattoo artist. Yeah. Well, before we get to know you a little bit better, Lydia, I want to tell y'all, like I said last time, we are having a live stream virtual show on the internet, Jack and I. Memories from Anna. You will see old pictures of us. You will see our musings on the year 2000, plus special guests, possibly. Uh, So come see the show uh, that we were doing on the road, but with with a few more tweaks. It's going to be a great time, and we would love to see y'all virtually uh, in a safe way, because that's probably the best way we can get to all of you. So check out the tickets. You can get them at momenthouse.com slash the daily zeitgeist. Remember, that's E before I in this situation. Okay. So check out that for tickets and we hope to see you there. Now, before we get to know you even better, Lydia, we're going to give people a little preview of what we're going to talk about today. First up, the Sturgis bike rally is happening again. I don't know if you remember last year and it was also in a pandemic. They're doing it again this year. And just a couple things to just sort of consider when we think about, you know, close to three quarters of a million people converging on a single place at one time. We'll talk about the California governor's recall. Because if people sleep on this one, we might get a real weird governor for the next couple of years. So something to keep our eyes on. Although, you know, Gavin Newsom, you, you might have to come with it, though, to inspire people to <laughs> keep you in office, sir. <laughs> the other thing is, well, check in on the GOP. You know, the, the, remember, they were suing Nancy Pelosi from, you know, the, her mask mandate because so many of them are not vaccinated. We'll talk about them. We'll also talk about uh, Mo Brooks, who we touched on, who... You know, he's being sued by fellow congressperson Eric Swalwell for inciting a riot on January 6th. He's representing himself in court. And we'll check on how that's going. Uh, Spoiler alert. It's hilarious. Oh, wow. And then we're going to talk about uh, LeVar Burton. Turns out he's not getting it looks like he's not getting that Jeopardy gig. I'm I'm. We'll, we'll talk about that because it feels like a bit of a bait and switch there. And also, again. Dolly Parton, she stays goaded. Okay, we're we're again like Lydia was saying. She might have done shit seventy years ago that we didn't know about that we're now reaping the benefits of today. I mean, she already helped pay for a vaccine to be developed. We have a little bit more, just just light flexing from her, where she just says offhandedly on Watch What Happens Live and just like, oh yeah, I did that. So we'll talk about her. Uh, but first, before we get to any of that, Lydia, what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are? What you're up to? Well, it's a little embarrassing, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and tell you guys. Okay. It is frequent urination in kittens. Mm. Okay. I just okay. I just got a pair of kittens. Oh, uh, okay. I haven't had kittens for a while, and I've forgotten about them. I had a cat for like 20 years, and got a brand new brand new kitten. Just like got a new house, got to get some new kittens. Was very excited, found them. They're right. adorable. Uh, the but then I was just like, yeah, but then I was like, I forgot how rowdy they are. But they are mm. rowdy. Like, they are fighting. It's like WWE kitty time in here. But then I can't oh, really? figure out if this one cat that I have is, like, just playing in the litter box or if he's just in there. And I'm like, do you have a UTI? Do kittens get UTIs? 
Mm-hmm. But then, like, it turns out that some cats just play in the litter box. And I think this little dirty fuck is literally just, like, a little trash dog. Like, he just likes to get in there. And he just, like, rolls around. And he likes to get in there. And then he hides. And then he attacks his sister. He pretends he's peeing. And then he jumps out of the box and goes savage on his sister. Whoa. I just realized So that doing, was, like, a no look? Just like, no, I'm doing my own pee. And then he got you. Like, so it's exactly. not even, it's, okay. Really fake peeps. And I was just like. Okay, appreciate the gangster. Like that's very solid. Like I know my house is not going to have any pests because you are going to be hiding and getting them. He's a little hunter, right. but at the same time, I was just like, I have to wipe you off now every time I want to touch you because I know your little dirty ass has been rolling around on this cat litter. Yeah, like that's I mean, so gross. What Ugh. do you do? do you can what can you do? Like just change up the litter to maybe something that isn't as fun and more functional. I'm going to get a litter box with a lid on it so that he can't see. So it's harder to like, you know what I mean? So it's more of a oh. private time. So he can't be like in the box, like looking around, like peeping everything out. Yeah, I think yeah, that'll yeah. help, but I'm not sure, man. It's just embarrassing that I'm like, I've always been like a hands off, hands on cat mom where like, I love my animals, but I'm not a lady that like obsesses about it. But with these kittens, I have found myself becoming very much like a helicopter cat mom where I'm like, are you okay? Are you all right? right. Are you being? Are you being or is it fake? I've never in my life thought I was going to be somebody who was like Googling that. And I was just like, like Googling, like, should I make a raw diet for my cats? And I'm just like, you you need some other hobbies or some new friends because you are really talking about signing on doing like a raw food diet for your cats. I had to go raw for one of my cats because they were just so sensitive to like the trash food I was giving them. Yeah. And then one of the listeners is like gang is like an animal dietitian and like hit me up. He's like, you might want to try something else because what it sounds like is your cat is not coping with these bad foods. And I was like, yeah, oh, I mean, I went, I mean, kid. I went and bought like nice ass food. Like I went to the good pet store. I bought all grain free shit. Like they're, they're, they're doing yeah, fine yeah, with yeah. it. But because I want, I'm kind of bougie and I'm just like, I want my cats to be the prettiest. So like, maybe I need to. Oh Maybe man, when my this. cat went on that raw diet, her coat just like blew Dang, up. Right? It was yeah. a whole glow up. And I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, man, <laughs> give me some of that shit. Maybe my hair will grow back. See, that's what <laughs> but I'm saying. I don't know. I so, thought I was doing good because I bought cat food with, with coconut oil in it. I was like, oh, with coconut oil. I was like, Lizzo yeah. told me that makes everything better. Like, it's got to work. <laughs> right. You know what and, I mean? She's they beautiful. Got it. The marketing got it. You know, my little black queen's got to be gorgeous, you know? <laughs> yeah. Wait, what are your cat's names? <laughs> One doesn't have a name yet. The okay. boy, his name is Bruce Dwayne, oh. and that's because my partner wants to, call, yeah, wants to call him Batman, and I was just like, I can't have a cat named Batman. I just can't. So I was like, Bruce. But then he's black, so we're like, he's Dwayne. Bruce Dwayne. Like, it's yeah. our little Bruce Dwayne. And then oh. the girl, I'm I thought you were naming him after Dwayne Wayne oh, that would be from great. a different world. But, no, it's you also know, like, that's how you know, old I am. It's a nod to, it's a nod to Wheezy, too. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, okay. It's okay, like, it's yeah. a slight what's, nod to Wheezy. Yeah, what's um, in the cup, Wheezy? Yeah, and then the other one, she's sleeping in the funniest position right now. She's literally like this, like with her hands back up right now. I don't know what to call her yet. I want it to be an old lady name. So I've been cycling mm. through. Like my first idea was Judy because Dolly Parton's okay. best friend's name is Julie Ogle. And I was like, Judy. And then there's also, you know, my best Judy, also known as your best friend. And she's going to be my best friend. Right. So I was really considering calling her Judy. Also, Bruce and Judy sounds really cute together. I love mm-hmm. it. But I'm not sure. I've been yelling Judy. Like, you got to make sure that the pet name, like, yes. you can yell it. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, Judy! Like, it feels weird to yell it, so I'm not mm. sure. Then Maybe. I thought about, about Shirley. Oh, I like Ooh. Shirley. Trilly Shirley plain. feels good. Shirl, Shirley. And she's all mm-hmm. white. She's a, a lilac point Siamese. So I was like, ooh, I'm an old white lady. Would be good. I and like then, the name Mildred. 
Ooh, that's good. It's super old sounding. I like that. Going, going back in time with these but names. Petty Betty has been sticking because she's a little hissy. So we keep calling oh, wow. her Petty Betty White. But yeah. Petty, Petty Betty and is... Bruce, and then you have you like, yeah. I feel like Betty's the winner. I've been some. denying it just because I'm. I don't mean all respect to Betty White. I think she's wonderful, but I don't really like yeah. it like that. She's not my white lady. It's Dolly Parton. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, right? But I don't know. I was like, and then I was like, another friend of mine was like Truvy. I was like, no, that's like a little too obvious, mm. which was yeah. Dolly Parton's character in Still Magnolias. But I don't know. Petty Betty might win out. I might just like yeah. fold and just Petty Betty I'm is fun that. to say. And I'm she is that. petty. She's very petty. So <laughs> well, what you, what's <laughs> aside from just real lame cat names, uh, what is something you think is overrated? Overrated? Graceland. Well, I went to Graceland last Monday. Uh, for the very mm. first time. And I was really excited about it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not a huge Elvis fan, but I am a fan of kitschy furniture and mm, bad taste, sure. which that man had in spades. Mm. So I really thought Graceland was going to be like the shit, like that that right. was really going to be the situation. And right. it was the world's most boring tour. They hand you an iPad and some headphones, like this huge iPad you're supposed to carry around and like, <laughs> like swipe through while you're walking. Like a Gen people. 1 iPad? Yeah, dude. It's like this. Oh. It was huge. And it had on one of those weird plastic things like they give to babies. So if you drop it, and it had like a neck lanyard. So I was just like, I don't want to yes. wear this yeah. not chain, this iPad like chain sweat. Yeah. around my neck. And then like, and love this. They're like, I can see uh, everything. It's great. Exactly. And they're like, oh, if you want to read extra material. And it's just like so weird. So everyone's standing there like sheep, like trying to stare into this living room, looking at their iPad. And I'm like, the room's right there. You're looking oh. at a picture of the room on your iPad. The room's yeah. right there. Let's <laughs> let's keep it moving. Please. Let's and use our, our our eyes. Yeah, and they don't let you in the second like story of the of the house. It's just the first. It's like literally five rooms that you get to see. And what? then and just busted ass airplanes. And then it's also full of lies. Like they don't acknowledge at any point in time that he died of drug overdose. They don't mention it. They're like on the plane. They're like, oh, Al, you know, Elvis famously didn't like the taste of alcohol, so he drank Diet Dr Pepper. And I was like, yeah, with cocaine. Like, he only did that to alcohol. get past the drip. Yeah, so he mixed it with soda. Like, that man was a walking pharmaceutical nightmare. And they yeah. just had a really creepy, they had like his suit that he got married in, and with Priscilla? Presley, Priscilla's. They had Priscilla's wedding dress, and it's on a child mannequin. And I was like, is nobody going to mention that this is a child's mannequin? Like, we're not going <laughs> to acknowledge that she was a fucking child when this oh, happened? Right. Oh. Yeah. So it was just, it was really gross. I just, I ended up, like, leaving, being like, oof, this is dumb. I, I can't believe I paid $70 for this. Like, What was, was the version? And then they have all oh, these auxiliary fun. exhibits that's supposed to make you feel better about it. And it's basically like other people's clothes. Like they had a dress of Dolly Parton's there in an exhibit called <sighs> Elvis Influence Style. And I was like, you get the fuck yeah. out of here. If you're trying to tell me that oh. Elvis influenced Dolly Parton, I'm going to fight somebody. Kind of who's, Dolly who's like that? Who's yeah. responsible here? No, thank $70 you. $70 for five rooms is absurd. Like, in, so in your mind, you would have been like, it would. it's a perfectly preserved, like, wacky celebrity home that you can kind totally. of just see and do that shit. But really, it's just like, it's almost like someone's, like, uptight grandparents' house where it's like, don't go in that room. Pretty much. And you can look at this room from there. Correct. Don't go in there. And don't sit on the fucking couch either. Correct. And I'm like, and I'm like show me the bathroom. You know what I mean? Show me. I yeah. want to see where he died. Like, show where me the died. bathroom. You should be able to take a picture on the fucking toilet that he died on. Come on. I'm like, saying. 
I'm saying. Is it is it that flippant? Is it maybe that's disrespectful? But I don't know if you're charging seventy bucks for seventy bucks. I, come know. on. What do you? All I know do? is that I'm, Dolly Parton's museum is free inside of her amusement park. So she's a good you know what I'm saying? person it, inside of her amusement park. <laughs> yeah, she's smart. She's like, look, if I, if you're gonna pay for something, you're gonna get an amusement park first. Yes. First. Then you can look at all this other yeah. shit. Yeah, you can come and ride my rides, or you can come and look at all my stuff. Here's every dress I've ever worn. Here's all my handwriting. Here's everything you need. I just, I don't know. Like, I'm just, I'm a fan of fandom. Yeah, yeah. And like, I was trying to put myself in the shoes of like a hardcore Elvis fan, and I was like, I think I'd still be disappointed. Like, I there's not like, enough. There yeah. was not a. There was not one. You guys, not one Elvis suit. Not no, one original on. Elvis what piece do you mean? of clothing. This is I more mean, museum curation. There was a whole museum of other people's clothing. There was no Elvis clothing. Like, if anything, I want to show me a beaded jumpsuit. That man had plethoras of beaded jumpsuits. He is known yeah. for like, basically He's like got jeans being with a tight ass. Like you, none of the yeah. guys survived. What's going on? None. Not one. Not one set of blue suede shoes. Not one jumpsuit. Nothing. They had man, all like four outfits from Kiss, but they did I, not what? have an Elvis jumpsuit. <laughs> Who Wait. curated this museum and why? That's what I want to know. I have so many. I, I have so many more questions after going to Graceland. Yeah. Are we seeing sheet uh, music, guitars? No. Maybe like a guitar pick, probably. No. Like, hey, look. no? I Not am wow. so flabbergasted. Okay, yeah. Memphis site gang, let us know what happened. Did it used yeah. to be good and something went wrong? Did he? Did he like owe some bills or something and they had to like liquidate a bunch of shit? What was going I, on? I have no idea. I'm just like I just I was just starting to be disrespectful at one point. I was like, can you show me the room where he kept the contracts for the people he fucked over? Can you show me the room? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, was, yeah. I was I was uh, I was not happy. It was it was a waste of time. I, I could have never done it again. If I can save anybody from going to Graceland, don't go. Don't yeah. go. Unless you're like just a super fan and you need to be disappointed, don't go. Yeah, right. To see it for yourself and be like, not worth it. But I had not to do it, it, but I had to do it, but I had yeah. to do it. You know, uh, what's something that you think is underrated? You know what? And I've been struggling with this, but it's, I keep on thinking about it every time I try to enjoy myself is great weight service, wonderful waiters. Like it sucks mm. right now because all these restaurants are trying to stay open, right? And they're trying to kind of like make money and trying to like make the most of a bad situation. Like I know it's rough. It's hard to go out to eat. You know what I mean? And people aren't going to work. And so they're overworked. So these restaurants, you know, these people aren't even having the chance to like be good waiters. Like I forgot how nice it is to go out, but it's not nice to go out unless you have good wait service. And it's not these people's fault. You know what I mean? Like right. they're stretched so thin. They're across four or five tables. They're trying to do stuff. And it's like, I ate out several times this past week because I was going to Graceland and spending some time with some friends. And every time we went to go out to eat, it was just a nightmare. And I was like, it was never, it didn't used to be like this. Like you used to be able to go in and like great, get great service. And now these people are just like exhausted and they're also terrified for their lives. Right. Yeah. Because they're in places with people and it's just mm -hmm. difficult. So like, mm -hmm. I really just being a good waiter and working at a place that values you and being able to provide great service and to have those interactions and a dining service. is just like, I think something that we all take for granted and we all really, really need to appreciate the people that are out there that are working and are doing a good job and trying their best to get that food. And then I think mm -hmm. some of these restaurants just need to like close down or reduce their service and like have quality service instead of just yeah. a shit time. It also, just hey, to federal out. government, like let's get rid of this wage salary. Just ridiculous. Yeah. This, this $2, $4, whatever it is. No, no mm -hmm. one can live off that. You're not making enough in tips. So many people just choose not to tip. Some people well, are like, know. $3 I had in my purse. I guess you could well, have that. 
the reason we started that was because we ended slavery people, and then yeah. we had to figure out a way to not pay these people, <laughs> yep, but pay yep. them. And, and then for some reason, we just kind of kept doing it. I don't know. <laughs> what the heck happened there? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's terrible. It's and terrible. yeah, like you really feel for like just all people who, again, were considered essential. Right. Yes. And had all this praise and be like these selfless people mm, and mm, no mm. fucking financial acknowledgement of nope. that. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, it's 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 tough times. And it's really true. Like wherever you go, especially like in the hospitality industry, like a business, you will see them. They are plastering all of the benefits like on the door, like to be like, yeah. we're looking for this. This Come is in. what it costs. Help us. We'll hook yeah. your teeth up. We'll hook your your eyes up, whatever you need, your body. What, what Like we're good. But the one thing you see is like the 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 wages never really go above like fourteen, fifteen, and then like I mean I get especially if you're running a small business that might not be feasible. But for places that are doing high volume and making millions in revenue, God, like you do better. Yeah, and in a way, it's like I don't know. I don't know how we expect people whose like whole reason for living in terms of like the people who run these companies to suddenly be like, you know, what if we made less money? Yeah. So unless the government mandates something, it, it'll be very interesting. Or you know, more maybe a general strike, maybe uh, October fifteenth, maybe mm, maybe um, mm, mm. maybe that maybe that might happen. I don't know. Twenty twenty one. Look at yeah. it, October fifteenth strike. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I look forward to having a great meal that is with a great waiter who is happy and. Or they are happy, I should say. I don't want to gender a waiter, but you know what I mean? Anybody yeah. who's, who's working in that position just feels comfortable well, and safe enough to provide wonderful service that doesn't right. like, is requiring them to, you know, risk their life and their livelihood. <laughs> right. Because I mean, I feel like unless you're working at like a super high end restaurant, like the tips might not always be kind of at that totally. level that'll mm -hmm. keep a smile on your face. And Almost it's funny every. when you go to, when you go to countries where there's a robust social safety net, the motherfuckers are happy at every job. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. most people, like half of the battle of going clocking in is been like, I hate this motherfucking place. I don't pay right? shit. The fucking exactly. people here are fucking bullshit. What the fuck am I doing here? Hi, how are you? You know, yeah, it's happy tough to be because here. I'm glad you have free time to spend and order this sandwich. <laughs> right. And we don't consider the like really the humanity past all of it, you know, that we're just seeing like in this sort of service context. And yeah, man. Shout out to everybody who's in any kind of service oriented role at the moment because it's fucking bad. And just like we've seen on airplanes, people are using y'all to just be the lightning rod for their own stress and shit and taking it out on y'all. That's super fucked up. And it's so crazy. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't last. I didn't last long in retail. Uh, that's yeah, for sure. no, me neither. Me neither. I couldn't. I flash on people too quick. <laughs> I was, yo, I was just like stressed out. Like, man, they're gonna yell at me because I didn't. Uh, I'm, we're out of a handbag. I'm like, I'm at the motherfucking <laughs> coach store. You act like I'm the fuck i guy sorry, we don't have the ergo bag right now <laughs> i had a guy call me a stupid bitch because i couldn't guess what movie he was trying to think of oh my <laughs> god which is a lot of fun and when i told him i was like i'm just gonna get my manager for you sir just just hold on please and he was like yeah go cry to your mommy and i was like wow oh, i was 18 fuck or 19 no. years old <laughs> the hell wait this is when you were like, what, working at the ticket booth or something? Yeah, I was working at AMC. Um, so I was working at the. So someone's like, hey, desk. what movie am I thinking of? He's like, right, it's like, a funny movie. It's, it's coming out this week. How could you not know? I was like, so, sir, I'm a film student, and there's 
I'm looking also looking at a screen of available tickets and there are no fight movies currently available for you to purchase tickets for. So I'm just not sure what he's like. Everyone's talking about it. I was like, I'm so sorry. Oh it's funny God. now. It was, well, I then maybe you should remember the name of the dog. <laughs> like, what the Yo, hell? Yo, you might need to see a doctor, bro. Your memory might be <laughs> Do off. Do you smell toast dog? Because you're not yeah. working right. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Fuck. What am I thinking <laughs> of? What's my name? Where am I? Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, I knew I wasn't fit for that world when I was like 18. Or 18. I was like 17, actually. And I was an assistant manager of a playland uh, in San Jose, California. And I was in charge of kids' birthday parties, which is probably the worst job you could have put. Oh, yeah, I used to do that, too. Oh, when oh, I worked boy. at Laser Tag Place. Yeah, right. And you had those little pizza rooms and people stuff. And I just had, had like cut cake and all that shit. Oh, yeah. Like just like the cuntiest mother just trying to like overdo it with me. And I was like, lady, you chose playland. You don't love him that much. Like this is this is what <laughs> we do. Like this cake was not baked here okay like it right i don't know but like long story short but like she sent like the husband over to come give me a talking to and i remember mm. telling him you're not my dad i'm 17 frankly i don't give a fuck wow. <laughs> yes. and then when i came back i accidentally spilled cake whoops onto him and uh yeah i ended up like retiring or wow. not retiring resigning uh, a week later because my my manager was like did you tell someone that you don't give a fuck? And I was like, yeah, I did. I, I did, I did. actually. Yeah. Well, I wasn't lying. I did. did you want me to lie to the customer? Yeah. I, I thought like, we don't you... lie to the customer. Yeah, he's like, did you break a cake or did you like, you like dropped a cake? And I was like, yeah, I was just fumbled it. <laughs> wow. Wow. How that happened to that asshole. That yeah. Shit to yeah. Me. Mm, and I was like, karma huh, or something. maybe I shouldn't work here. I don't think I, I have what it takes to diffuse this problem because right. I don't give a fuck. Don't care. Uh, don't. Well, shout out to everybody who has to clock in and, and face the fucking ugliness of the world in their yeah. own way, because we all do Indeed. on some level. So, Indeed. but particularly to those who have to fucking have keep their composure in the face of screaming. All right, let's take a break. We'll pay some bills and we'll be right back after this. And we're back. Sturgis, mm. the bike rally, mm. everyone loves it. Mm. It's like if you're biking and you're everyone? gonna, yeah. I'm look. <laughs> this is me just. This is me just doing my version of what the governor Christy Nome would say in <laughs> South Dakota. It's a great opportunity for all lovers of the open road to converge on our state. Last year, the Sturgis bike rally took place uh, in the middle of the pandemic, and. You know, the funny thing is we saw something happen there. It seemed like that was a bit of a super spreader event. I mean, there's definitely different takes on how just how many people were infected. The conservative numbers are like 700 ish and then up upwards of maybe in the tens of thousands, if depending on what you look at it. One German sort of economic think tank analyzed like what the spike of infections after surges did. And they said it cost about 12 billion dollars in healthcare costs. So. When you look at this year, we're looking at something that is going on that they project will be possibly 750,000 attendees this year. That's so and many it, people. Yeah, yeah. And the other part of it is when you look at it, I mean, the culture that you see with a lot of bikers tends to be on the anti-vax side. So a lot of health experts are like... I don't know, the Delta variant, you know, is really con is even more contagious than the one last year. Plus, you have a lot of unvaccinated folks. So a lot of people are bracing themselves. Some like local like nurses are like, it's all good. Like, we'll deal with it, whatever has to happen, because it seems like residents of Sturgis are sort of like we like it because it's like an annual tradition. 
It brings money into the town. And for that, we like it. While there are others who are like, it's like the bane of my existence. And also like, like all kinds of reckless stuff happens. You know, last year, only four people died. Normally about 10 people, like around 10 people will die at Sturgis from like various accidents, like Mm -hmm. on motorcycles and things like that, or just other accident related injuries. And not only that, (laughs) like this year, Dude, these people came to party because the cops oh, did a do. drug bust. Yo, they caught these people with 72 pounds of meth, Dang. 10 pounds of cocaine, Bro. 6 pounds of heroin, oh, no. 6,000 counterfeit fentanyl pills, <laughs> and like a bunch of cash and guns, 13 guns. This was on one bus like right before the whole thing kicked off. Mm. That's wild. Like, I mean, yeah. I'm not surprised by the amount of pounds of methamphetamine. Like that, that tracks. You know yeah. what I mean? Like seven hundred and fifty thousand yeah. people, seventy-two pounds of methamphetamine. Whatever. If I was good at math, I could break that down. Whatever. That's like you know, seven grams, seven ounces per person, or something like that. Like you know, what you need for yeah. a weekend. You know, yeah, a, everyone needs a, a quarter ounce of fucking rock. <laughs> you know, I mean, you need a little bit more. Than, I mean, my friends came for Dollywood, and I was like, bring weed, and then bring more weed, and then bring more weed, and they only <laughs> brought more weed, and they ran out. I was like, I told you. What you know what not I mean? Planning. Incredible. You know. So I, I give them, you know, a pound for realizing that they needed 72 pounds, but wow. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. And it's, heroin it's, and cocaine and fentanyl. They didn't even give you weed numbers. Yeah. Right. I mean, who, do at this point, the cops are like, who cares about weed? Like, we got federal <laughs> yeah. stuff. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Oh, it's, my God. And, you know, it just sort of like really when you look at all this stuff, like it really makes all the like reopening fanfare that occurred like mm. in June feel real fucking dumb now yeah it's like we were really on that shit you know all the cities were like you know like de blasio's like new york is back baby uh we're back <laughs> mandating vaccines and wearing masks indoors because the delta variant is just spreading too quickly la very much people were like ah let's go and then suddenly like most people were like oh no actually oh, no, it's bad because when but- you look at you know transmission rates being low mm-hmm. but vaccination rates even lower my empathy alarm is going off. And I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago on this show how like my ideally I would be empathetic in all situations. Right. I'm not. I'm mm-hmm. not. I'm not an evolved person. But ideally I, I want to be. And if I'm, I'm trying really hard to step into that ideology of just constantly leading with empathy, then I understand missing traditions. Right. Mm-hmm. Those things you do annually. I Love the Toronto International Film Festival. All my gals are up there. It is fun. Toronto is a bomb ass city. I, I would give anything to go there. I want to go to New York. I have New York levels of money now. I can like actually spend and like be <laughs> Hell yeah. You know what I'm like, right, right, right. I can go to New um, Yeah, people got New York money, but can you stay in New York for a yeah, like I can visit. Okay. I'm a cousin from out of town. Show me a good time. I'm ready. So I get I get being like, no, nah, man, this was this was supposed to be our That's summer. We stayed yeah. inside. I mean, probably not all the people attending this, but like a, some portion, some percentage of these people did stay inside all year. We're good. Okay. Some of them got back. I just want to see my friends. God damn it. Uh, right. it I, it's so hot. I want to be outside. But at the same time, it's I don't understand officials who could just be like shoulder shrug. I can't I can't do anything about it. I just don't understand how like they must be able to view it as these deaths are not my responsibility. And I can't, yeah. I can't right. empathize with that. I can't, I can't understand that. Oh, that I mean, logic. that's exactly, Christy Nome, I mean, she's, remember her, her own grandmother passed away in a, like a convalescent home 
And like it was real murky because there was a COVID outbreak there, but mm. she, they never really said what happened. And she acted like nothing. It was, it was all good. On your like, grandma? On your grandmother. Okay, well, she's just a not shit person because I'll go to war for my oh, grandma. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, 100%. We'd be on these streets 100%. for my grandma. What? Yeah. Oh, no. And I'm, it's so, it, yeah, it, it's alarming. And yeah, it, the, the one thing that a lot of the people locals say is like, look, this shit's going to happen either way. Like, so whether you cancel it, these people are going to come and they they'll just outlaws. fucking figure some shit out on their own. Right. And the fact is, if it's not officially held, then there's a lot of local resources that aren't there in case when, if and when someone injures themselves, Ugh. that means less EMS, that means less any kind of care that might be needed or whatever in an official capacity. So it's a really fucked up situation. Golly. And I mean, even look at like when the Milwaukee Bucks, when the NBA finals they were wilding out and like, you know, all together watching the game Truly. that led to about 500 infections. And I'm sure there was a decent amount of people who were vaccinated in those crowds, too. But we're talking about a possibly 750,000 people. And it's it, it just kicked off over the weekend. So we shall see. But that's the kind of things that are going. But on. listen, I mean, these people have been inside unable to wear leather clothing in public. <laughs> Right. You know what I mean? Like wearing yeah. a leather vest with fringe with no shirt and like an Inside. exposed, like just like exaggerated old 20 year old nipple piercing just like doesn't hit the same. Yeah. Like you need to be able to get on that bike. You know what I mean? You need to be able to right. fill that fringe, hit the rest of your back. You know what I mean? You need to get that yeah. beard, just like that. that you got to get flies and stuff in there. Like you can't get flies in your beard just hanging out of the crib. In home? You know, well, you there's can, a layer of grossness. Clean it up. Yeah, well, I mean, not the same as the open road, though, Miles. And those, you know, yeah, those you know the vibes. Those don't hit the same. Yeah, those They're definitely not the hit same, the same. You know. <laughs> Speaking of governors and what they can do or can't do, I, I want to quickly just touch on the California governor recall, Gavin Newsom. He is sweating right now because the polls are in, and my darling, uh, it looks like more people are interested in having you not be governor than people who want to keep you in office oh, by yeah. about six points. Now. Look, a lot can be said of what got, like what Gavin Newsom's done and like some of the better things that have happened during the pandemic. But I think progressives would also like a lot more from Gavin Newsom just in general. I think, you know, there's there's a lot of work that can be done. Mm. So right now there's set to be a recall election in September. OK, like we're very close to this recall election happening. And the way the ballot works is first it, the first question is just like, hey, you think Gavin Newsom should be recalled? Yes or no. And if that first question reaches over 50% saying, yes, he should be uh, removed. Then they go to the second part of the ballot where people have to choose from 46 candidates and said, okay, if not him, then who? And no matter what, the second that thing goes over 50%, whoever has the most votes out of those 46 candidates, that's who the fucking governor is going oh, to be. Oh, hell no. How, how does this, like, what? Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. Mm -hmm. This is how Arnold Schwarzenegger is... became governor. This is democracy, huh? Yeah. This is exactly. what we're doing? This is what we're doing. Exactly. Lord. This is that big D energy, big democracy energy. And so if you just look, this is where it gets interesting, right? Because if he's recalled, these candidates, like, these are the people, like, who are running. Caitlyn Jenner. Oof. Conservative radio host Larry Elder. Oof. Or even this dude, John Cox, who lost to Gavin Newsom in the first election. Mm -hmm. He, this dude went, he did a publicity stunt where he toured the state with a fucking 1,000-pound Kodiak bear. I remember that. For Just For why? Just photos. You know, because California, Cause you know? It's masculine. The bear Republic. Now there's a bear behind me, and uh, we have a mascot. People like mascots. Mm -hmm. I feel like this was the logic of the team, you know? 
It's a yeah. beautiful bear. It's a symbol of the state. It's good. We're going to talk about it, especially animal rights activists who are like, what the fuck are you doing? And we like, don't like them, you... and our people don't like them, so it works. What, what I is mean, this? Did he have a little hat? Did he do a dance? Because I do like a dancing bear. No, like, he just nah, stood there I... chained up on a very short chain, and it was sad. Yeah, sad. everyone was oh. like, this is fucked up. Like, I don't know what this is supposed to be, but the stunt worked. Or, you know, if you go down the list, I mean, there's motherfucking YouTubers and shit. This isn't, this could be fucking bad. I mean, whether or not you like Gavin Newsom is one thing, but I just, this, these are the stakes, right? Because regardless of your stance on Gavin Newsom, let's, let's just, let's just play out what happens. A Republican (sighs) wins and let's say it's Caitlyn Jenner. Okay. And we have Governor Caitlyn Jenner making history. For example, now, Democrats have a veto proof majority in the state legislature, so there's not much that the governor can do like to fuck around with legislative stuff. However, the governor can absolutely do stuff like, you know, take out department heads or other executive appointees to essentially skull fuck uh, programs that he doesn't like much in the same way Trump did is like, Mm -hmm. well, I don't like this. So I'll put a fucking dummy in there and just let them fuck the whole thing up and it'll implode and even freakier. Right. Let's not forget, if there were ever to be a congressperson or a senator, Diane Feinstein, who may retire, become ill and no longer be able to carry out the, you know, the duties of the office. The governor is the person who picks the fucking replacement. Mm-hmm. So that could be a could be some interesting congressional math going down. So, yeah, it's a bit of a. Like, damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. Well, it's just, I mean, this is the kind of the problems I have with sort of like official government, right? It's because there's fear mongering, right? Mm-hmm. And then people get all worked up. Oh, I hate this. I hate this guy. He shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be here. But like, like the follow through of that thought, like, cool, you don't like it, you, but have a solid backup plan. Like, you can't just start like pushing to change something without really understanding what the fallout is going to be. Like, yeah. How can people get so worked up and like the media just gets you so worked up on the fact that like Gavin's not doing his job, he's not doing his job, he's not doing his job, we got to get him out of here, we got to get him out of here. I mean, even with Trump, it was the same problem. Not that I want either of these, you know, I have a stance on it, but it's like, know where you're going. Make, mm-hmm. make a, understand the fallout of what you're doing here. Like, mm-hmm. you can't just complain. It's like going to the movies. I want to go to the movies, but then what, you get mad at Joelle because you can't figure out what fucking movie you want to watch now, <laughs> purple? That's basically right. what's happening. Like, you know that movie? You know you know that governor? You know that one that does everything right, that's perfect in its galaxy? I want that guy. Do you know who he is? No. Do you know who he is? Do you know where um, she is? Do you know where they are? Like, I guys. Know. I feel like yeah. guys. it's not necessarily the media's job to point us in the right direction for new... Oh, I mean, no, 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 no. I highlight folks, but I, yeah, I really I'm just saying, would appreciate yeah, if the Democratic Party would be like, all right, here's the thing. Like, uh, these... <sighs> we have to go back a ways. But just the basics of it is this. We should not have a two-party system. And the fact that we do and neither party is in a position to adequately, like, support its base is bonkers to me. Because they can support their base, the uh, wealthy people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, for both sides. They're doing fucking great. <laughs> I mean, the people, Ugh. people... The actual, the actual people, people just trying to make a day. Oh, Remember man? when those people used oh, to matter? Em. Or That's at least, they think. at least in rhetoric, they mattered. Yeah. yeah. I guess we don't vote, so they don't give a fuck about us. Well, this is what's, and this is what stands to happen because in these elections, people like the, the, the people who have the momentum are all of these angry Republicans who are hell bent mm. on getting some kind of electoral vengeance this go around. Yeah. They are fired the fuck up. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a little bit different, though, this time, too, because when Gray Davis was recalled and Arnold Schwarzenegger 
was elected, there was another prominent Democrat running like like as a possible option. So that did kind of split sort of the votes, whether or not to recall, because I think it was Cruz Bustamante or someone who was running at the time. And so this is a little bit different since it's only like it's pretty much like there's no prominent Democrats that would potentially take any of Newsom's thunder. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's yeah, like to your point, it's so empty or short sighted where it's just like, I don't like that. I have to wear masks. Okay, it's like, so have you thought about what you want and also how that's all going to work? Or are you just hell bent on saying I don't like masks? Correct. That thinking that has there's so much other shit that goes down that way. It's like, well, what the fuck happened to my uh, like Medicaid and stuff? Medi-Cal. Well, the reason, well, you voted for that recall and they put somebody in who's all maggot out and they don't want any kind of public benefits for people. So did you think about that part, too? So it's very frustrating. But anyway, keep your eye on that, especially California voters. Moving on, just to talk with the GOP, checking in really quick. We talked a little bit about how Representatives Norman, majorly tainted Gang Green and Thomas Massey were suing Nancy Pelosi because they got they were like f- they were getting fines for not wearing masks on the House floor because Nancy Pelosi was like there's a thing called the Delta variant and none of y'all are most there's many unvaccinated people in here. They had appealed these fines. They ultimately lost. So they were suing Pelosi to be like, this is a statement of my First Amendment rights. And also, it's my body and my choice. I have body <laughs> autonomy. And you're like, fuck out of here, y'all. What are you saying? Well, so you do know what my body, my choice means in this instance. Can't in this instance, a po- yeah. A, po- uh, a popular phrase in order and then like also not acknowledge the truth of it in a in a broader scope like that is yeah. wild yeah they can, they're gonna switch my body my choice to your body your fucking problem <laughs> and pretty soon we just found out that representative norman has contracted a breakthrough case of covid and mm-hmm. wouldn't you believe it he's like well luckily i'm vaccinated so the symptoms are mild you're like what the Little fuck bitch. are y'all doing you're teamed up with mtg who's so anti like what are anyway that's where they're at. And I think this is just a lot of the the weird shit that's going around with COVID, like especially, mm-hmm. Joel, you're saying in Texas schools, too. It's yeah, getting so very T, bizarre over there. T, which is the Texas Education Agency, just released uh, last night its new COVID guidelines for schools. Here we go. Schools don't have to inform parents of a positive case. Schools don't have to conduct contact tracing. And wow. if they do do it, Parents can still choose to send their children to school, even if they are in close contact with an infected person. So basically, we are not, have no intention or drive to stop the spread amongst children, many of whom cannot be vaccinated and or are immunocompromised. Yeah. The children wow. will literally die from this. What the fuck? I, I don't understand. I do they are they, do they think they're like fully shielded from like any like legal liability or because, you know, this is the thing you, you we are would hate to see if someone loses their child because of these kinds of reckless fucking policies. And then what is that parent left to do? Right. You know what I mean, what what is their recourse to to uh, I have. Ugh. So that's and recourse is even a wild word to use, right? Because like you can't re like what do you, your child is gone. Yeah. yeah, right, right, right. Like what, you can't do anything. You know what I mean? How can like, you ne- respond to it? Yeah. Where can you find any sort of sense of being made? I mean, you'll never be made whole losing a child, but how can you uh, approach something that feels like restitution or right w- whatever? 
because clearly these guidelines are it's like it's just so weird to like articulate those points on paper like that because it's they might as well just say look we don't give a fuck bro yeah whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen that's on y'all to fucking send your kids to these schools because we're telling you Mm. this is on y'all we aren't going to do a fucking thing to help with this well and it it goes back to what we were talking about earlier just about people not having jobs like this is also like very much designed to impact people who are not doing well some people do not have the option of not sending their children to school because they can't afford to stay home. Mm-hmm. You know and, what I yeah. mean? Like we've had a whole year where people have been staying home. People need to go out and make money. People need to go get that $14 an hour that people are throwing them, you know, into doing it. And now it's like, so great. So now we're going to have all of these lower income people that don't have the resources, that don't have an option to take mm-hmm. care of their kids out into an alternate situation. And they have to, and then imagine being that person. I have to go to this job. I am risking my life. And now I have to send my child to risk their life. And then hopefully nobody comes home and nobody dies. Right. Exactly. Terrible. Or, or you, or you say, oh, fuck it. I can't, I can't afford to have, have my kids get sick. And I also can't afford to put them somewhere else. You say, y'all aren't going to school because Mm -hmm. I just Mm -hmm. wanted to happen. And then you have, you know, CPS or something coming through because they're saying you're being negligent and not putting your kid in school or they're truant or something. It's yeah, you can totally see that all the angles in which they're trying to squeeze people to completely get through the most horrific pandemic we've seen in our in our lifetimes Mm. or our small lifetimes and not do anything to create more of a public benefit for people like that's the they're like, fuck, man, if we can get through this pandemic and not give people more fucking insurance and not give people more like a real living wage, we've done it, y'all. We've done yeah, it. We that's it. how a lot of these greedy motherfuckers yeah. are thinking. And that's what they want, because the last thing they want is to be like, fuck, man, what are we going to cancel rent? Uh, yes, you're going to have to, because there's a millions of people who we're not even uh, ideating. I mean, there are definitely uh, people in the legislature in Congress that are trying to. But for the most part, it's not a big ticket item for the fucking president who can just indiscriminately start wars and shit, mm-hmm. but can't figure out how to cancel people's rent. Yeah, so, loan yeah. Yes. It's so, insane. Yeah, but the, the cruelty of the world, or especially this country, comes into bigger focus. Okay, just in some slightly lighter news, <laughs> even though it's still about the January 6th insurrection, um, I want to talk about Mo Brooks, who is that representative who mm-hmm. was screaming at the Capitol rally before the insurrection. And he was saying, like, it's time to kick ass and take names. And then talking <laughs> about people, like, making the ultimate sacrifice and shit, like, Whoa, easy, easy. And then he's like, are you guys ready? Also, he had body armor on when he was giving that speech. <laughs> uh, side note. Well, he got sued by fellow Congressman Eric Swalwell and had been ducking the process servers. We talked about this and like was just really trying to be like, nope, can't get me, can't get me, can't get me. He finally got served and now he's in court uh, because he also failed to prove that the Department of Justice should represent him in the case because he was saying like, well, I'm a congressperson and that's in my official duties as a congressperson. If there's like a tort suit going on for like some kind of personal injury, like then the DOJ has to represent me. Typically, that is true. However, his defense, because he said, I wasn't trying to get people all, you know, turned up to go storm the Capitol. I was talking about the midterm elections and the next presidential in 2024. That technically made it campaigning, which completely takes away his wow. argument that the DOJ could represent him. So he could have pressed it more. A lot of people, a lot of legal people are saying like he might have been able to press it more and actually figured out a way to do it. But he just went and said, fine, I'm going to do it on my own. 
So he's his own fucking lawyer right now. <laughs> and Which I just want to say never goes well. Ever. No, ever. In the history of anybody who is wanting to represent themselves. That's mm-hmm. it. It's never, it's, that's like never, I mean, I'm sure maybe it's worked out somewhere. But we've never heard. In a like, movie. In a yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never. In it's a movie, it happens. Not in real life. First of all, uh, Brooks hasn't practiced law in many years and he's rusty as shit because you can tell by the stuff that he's finally in court. He doesn't know what court is or how okay. federal courts work. First of all, he's like, I want to throw out all the lies that the plaintiff is trying to accuse me of 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 any kind of wrongdoing. They're all lies. I would like them struck from the record. They're like, huh? You, that's not a motion. You could. OK, he still tried to file it. Then wow. he submitted this list of basically saying, like, since all of Eric Swalwell is saying lies, allow me to tell you some truths about me. Number one. And this is written in, you know, as as legally. So it's in the third person. One, Brooks is 67 years. OK, two, okay. Brooks has never smoked tobacco. Brooks does not consume alcohol. Brooks has never experimented with or taken illegal drugs. Three, Brooks has never been arrested for or convicted of any felonies or misdemeanors. Four, Brooks has never had a money judgment rendered against him in any civil court or anything. He said for anything. <laughs> Similarly, Brooks has never settled any litigation against him by payment of any funds to any plaintiff. Five, Brooks has never had a DUI or a reckless driving ticket or even a speeding ticket. Six, Brooks has never had a motor vehicle wreck in which anyone claimed Brooks was at fault. Seven, this is the best one. Wow. Brooks has been married 45 years. Brooks has always been faithful to his wife. Together they have raised four children, all of whom are married, none of whom have been divorced, all of whom are law-abiding, none of whom have ever been arrested for anything, <laughs> all of whom have college degrees and jobs. Brooks' children have blessed him with 10 grandchildren, with two twins, and another granddaughter on the way. I rest my case, Your Honor. Brooks is not only, you know, boring. Yeah. Clearly. <laughs> yeah. Brooks don't know how to have no fun. <laughs> right. <laughs> but but he also is nonsensical. Why would you need to denote that you've never gotten a DUI if you don't drink or have never tried illegal substances? Yeah. You know, because well, you, you right? want to make the list. You want to make that list hit. You know what I mean? You want to list as many ways that your your, your shit's clean. You're, you're also but, like, listen, I, I like fucked my wife and that's it. <laughs> right. I feel like you didn't even like, from a writing standpoint, you didn't even list those things in order of like, oh, wow, like great guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're all over the place, Brooks. Get it together. Yeah. Sorry, Brooks. Uh, it's just, it's a very weird defense. Like it, mm. it, it re- smacks of someone who has not actually figured or understands like the weight of the accusation oh for and also sure. like how to actually properly defend against that if you're just being like but i'm boring and never did anything bad why would i start now uh, what why would you yeah. not hire a lawyer i'm just because shits are because they're fucking expensive and if donald trump is not going to help you then i don't know and also this way brooks also doesn't have a lot of money to hire a lawyer yeah, Brooks so. does not enjoy ketchup. Brooks, yeah, right. Brooks likes naps. Like this is like this is such a weird like. Brooks thinks fresca is an abomination. Brooks thinks yeah. squirt is the superior grapefruit soda. Like what the fuck? Yeah, right. Never been for the Yankees. Brooks has never ingested NutraSweet. Okay. <laughs> Brooks doesn't care no. who has the best fried chicken sandwich because he prefers cheeseburgers. Right. <laughs> Brooks is an all-American. Like, whoa. Unless it's Chick-fil-A, because Brooks believes Chick-fil-A is defending the Christian rights uh, identity. Like, okay. All Thank right, you, Brooks. All right. Have Let's a seat, please. On. We're going to convict yeah. you now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Time. Exactly. All right. Let's, uh, let's go pay some bills real quick. We'll be right back after this. 
And we're back. Let's touch on LeVar Burton. A lot of people thought he was supposed to be the... A lot of people wanted him to be the Jeopardy host, mm. myself included. Yep. And I will say, since Alex Trebek's passing, there was a lot of uh, diverse hosts that were sort of paraded in front of the audience. Sure was. Like, look, like, we're trying all kinds of, like, men, women, people of color. Like, we're trying everything. We're former winners. It's just, yeah, it's great. Yeah, exactly. Ken Jennings did great. So... A lot of people saw, like, you know, LeVar Burton, like, dude, LeVar Burton, he's nailed on. This guy's the great. He's got the great Rainbow. energy. Yeah. Yes. He, taught, he taught us to love books and shit. Yeah. He taught us what, you know, the, the power of wearing cool, like, uni goggles as Jordy LaForge. I mean, we know what's up. But it turns out after all this, we find out that Mike Richards, who, who is one of the show's executive producers, Ugh. is the, is the one now in advanced talks with the show to be the the new host. Okay, so let's dive into what? why this is god-awful decision-making. Mm-hmm. One, LeVar Burton's smile is radiant. Like, his energy, positive <laughs> and glowing. Yeah. You want to learn from him. And he would make it, like, in the way that Alex made everyone feel welcomed and okay, if, even if he lost. That's the same spiritual energy, right? Yep. Yeah, LeVar up. made you feel welcomed if you were illiterate. He didn't right? care. Okay. He didn't care because he loved and you like, and he loved knowledge and he wanted to bring I those two things anything. together. That yes. is a beautiful person who deserves to be. But we could also have Ken Jennings, who's the most winningest Jeopardy person ever, and it would have made sense. Instead, they brought in a producer who hasn't even been there for a year. And on top of that, like it's not a legacy. It's not like, oh man, he's been with Alex Trebek in the dirt. Like, this guy understands the show. Everyone loves him. Like, there's a lot that could be said about an, an executive producer coming from behind to lead. I get that. And I wouldn't have had mm-hmm. a problem with it, except for the fact that he's only been there for a year. And multiple, multiple people have claimed that he's been discriminatory at work, mostly to women, many of whom were pregnant. He formerly mm-hmm. worked on The Price is Right and would just kick models off when they got pregnant. I mean, unemployed future mothers. <sighs> Horrible combination right. of things. This is like Donald Trump type shit. Yes, yes. Get him out. Here's some. They're pregnant. They gotta go. Here's some things. So, Cotrain, who's one of the models, alleged that she put off trying to have a baby because she'd witnessed producers harassing two fellow models who had become pregnant while making the show. Richards, the producer, decided that models' skirts should be shorter and said that he liked models to look as if they were going out on a date. And at his suggestion, models wore bikinis on the show more frequently one time he burst into a model's dressing room despite there being a please not sign hanging on the door she's half naked and began berating her about like just literally nothing it's just it's crazy there's like i think there are four full suits against him about these kinds of is this the kind of person we want on jeopardy my grandma spends Mm -hmm. time with jeopardy every day i don't want her subject to this white man get him out of here no no goodbye hey hey let's give him a break he's executive producer he he hosted Beauty and the Geek in two thousand five. Let's not re- let's not forget that. Remember that Jesus. fucking show? Jesus. What was the appeal Trash. here? I really want. I really have to ask. Like, what was the appeal? Like, as somebody who it doesn't make sense hires and looks at hosts all the time. As somebody who's constantly yeah. who works with a ton of different types of hosts, who were you appealing to in your Jeopardy yeah. genre? Uh, did you did they not check social media and see who was trending and what was going? We don't have the Nielsen reports yet for Levar Burton's shows. But listen, when that happens, it's going to be great. And I, I really hope that the numbers prove that they need to move in a different direction. Uh, Salon TV critic Melanie McFarlane did a great Twitter thread about this the other day. Since Richard's selection represents a smooth transition strategy in which the show's calm and comforting familiarity isn't entirely upended. In other words, 
white folks who watch Jeopardy are going to be comforted by this new white man. Right. Richards was selected. Yeah. <laughs> Richards was selected despite the many cases made for Jeopardy to display some commitment to diversity by selecting a woman or a person of color because the job was always his. In other words, Bamboozle. they did what every corporation does. Like, here's a bunch of brown faces. Exactly. You like great, Had enough? Had enough? You All know, right. we gave it to you. Why are you complaining? We'll bring them back to guest host, but we're not going to give them that sweet cheddar to run the damn thing. It's insulting. It's a problem. And I hope Jeopardy fixes it because this is, uh, it's demoralizing. Boom. I'm done. There it is. Yo, I'm now officially outraged. You just got me like super fired up. Like I'm ready to start a letter writing campaign. Like I didn't really have feelings on this, but now I'm worked the fuck up. Oh but yeah. I should know you... about these lawsuits, which means you're yeah. putting women contestants in Jeopardy. <laughs> that was not on purpose. <laughs> no pun intended. one bonus. <laughs> yeah. I, like, and, yeah, it's and the, the other part is just how cynical it is too. To your mm. point, that yes. they knew they had him waiting on this. They said, mm. "Don't worry, we got. Don't just let's just well, get through this real quick." And then the we'll performative diversity shit is just like I'm yeah. kind of over it. Like, just mm. don't don't be gay for the month, right? Like, don't like how <laughs> yeah. many corporations yes. going on that? Like, don't be like, oh, it's Black History Month, it's Black Music Month, it's Asian and Pacific Islander Month, it's oh, it's Latin Month. Like, do not give me a ethnic rainbow for a month. Like, just commit into letting somebody do a good job. Yeah. Maybe, you know, who's at home during the day? I don't know. Cleaning staff. Who's cleaning staff? People of color. You think one they want to see a white man? No, they want to see LeVar Burton. Yeah. Maybe those reruns. Also, like, they're old. Like, look, the audience that's going to be shocked by it, they'll probably just die right when they see LeVar anyway. So don't worry about it. They're not going to complain after that. They're like, <laughs> And then good that you've you've called the yeah. audience, you've called the weak from the audience, and now you can move on for the youthful people to say, "Oh, this is tight." Lavar Burton is hosting Jeopardy. I love this, or just fucking anyone except for this. It's just again the idea that they knew it was Mike Richards the whole time mm-hmm. is the thing that's really fucking upsetting. Lies. Let's talk about something that's not upsetting, please. Can we? And that's Dolly Parton. Come on, yeah. Why is she? I mean, somebody check her feet because she might have cloven hooves like a goat because she's the ah, goat, okay? Yes, the greatest yes. of all time. Yes. And she's not quitting. I just want to bring this up, okay? So, Liddy, I was sitting on this story because anytime I see some Dolly Parton, I'm like, okay, Liddy's come. Okay, let's talk about this. I will say that this is all having to do with the, the story about Whitney Houston's performance of I Will Always Love You. It's probably right. one of the most iconic songs of mm. the 90s. For a lot of young people, they think it's actually a Whitney song, but it was actually totally. written by Dolly back in 1973. And because of that, Dolly Parton made around $10 million from that, just yeah. off the strength of writing that song and, the, and, and then just where Whitney took it. Here's the great thing, though. She was like, she's like, what do I do with all this money? I just got I, very passively. I mean, I wrote the song and Whitney made it a hit. Uh, what, what shall I do with it? She invested in a black neighborhood in Tennessee. Look at my um, queen. By purchasing a property. <laughs> yes. Okay. She said this on Watch What Happens Live. She said, quote, it was a whole strip mall. And I thought this is the perfect place for me to be considering it was Whitney. So I just thought this is great. I'm just going to be down here with her people who are my people as well. I love the fact that I spent the money on a complex. And I think this is the house that Whitney built. She did this in 1997 on the low. Didn't say shit about it. Yeah. Didn't say shit about it until now. Mm -hmm. That's non-performative activism. When you yeah. are consciously thinking about how you are reinvesting your money, how you are reinvesting your time. This woman has dedicated her life to reinvesting into the state of Tennessee as a whole. And now in her later years, she's doing it for the world. People have no idea how like 
revered Dolly Parton is here in Tennessee. I didn't, I thought I knew until I moved here. And then I really realized like, you cannot say a bad thing about Dolly Parton in this state. Someone will jump out of a bush and cut. Wait, give me, give me an example of how you went from, well, I'm sure they fuck with Dolly in Tennessee to then you being here and you're like, Oh, it's different here. Like literally every single person. So in the state of Tennessee, you can do several different license plates. And unlike California, when you go to register your car, they literally hand you your plate, like in that instance. So I went to go register my car and I was so excited because they came out with a Dolly Parton plate about six years ago. And then when they came okay. out with that plate, I was like, I'm going to buy a car, register it in Tennessee, just so that when I'm in Tennessee, I can drive it in a car with a Dolly Parton license plate because that is gangster. So when I moved here, I was like, hell yeah, I want my Dolly Parton license plate. So I walked up and I you know, went in there and she's like, oh, well, I only have one left. I'm so excited. She's like, They've been really popular. She's like, we've had a lot of people moving here from California. Aww. And she's like, everybody loves Dolly Parton. And that's like our great universe. She's like, Dolly Parton's the great. She started telling me her Dolly Parton story. Yes. Well, my sister had cancer. When my sister had cancer, you know, we wrote letters to Dolly and told her how much she loved her. And Dolly wrote us a letter back and told us that she wished that she could come and sing her a song, but she couldn't. But she hoped that she got better soon. And I was like, what? Like, oh when was this? She's like, it was God. 1987. Like, this oh lady is God. returning letters to cancer patients of people who work in the DMV in the 1980s yeah. at the height of her startup. Like, yes. literally, you could be in a gas station. You could be in a Kroger. If it's person is five years old or they are 455 years old, if you say the word Dolly Parton, people perk up and they go, I love Dolly Parton. She's amazing. Like, okay. it, is it? It's incredible. Like, would, you, so you think you would, like, it's smoke if you had a shirt that said, fuck Dolly Parton. Oh, 100%. You are going to get it. I mean, not that I even want to see that happen, but it's good to know. That's like somebody wearing like a, you know, like when people said, I I remember there's like young rappers like Tupac was whack. And he said that in L.A. and like all these teenagers came for him. He's like, okay, I'm sorry. I never said anything like this. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it does not matter what color you are. Everybody is like, oh, that woman is an angel. She is great. She is perfect. I mean, it's it's just incredible. The, and like to your point of like how it's non like she had to she had the intent to invest this money in this part of Tennessee because a lot of people like from some realtors that were talked or like interviewed or like gave a comment to this Washington Post story about it they said in ninety seven like no commercial realtor would have shown her that property uh, at all they wouldn't have all. shown it to her at I all mean, now wasn't. unfortunately those neighborhoods and I know which neighborhood she's talking she's talking about East Nashville for the primarily for the most part yeah. and also out south are neighborhoods that are becoming extremely gentrified. Germantown, right. East Tennessee, 12 South, Out South, all of those are traditionally black neighborhoods. And to see the juxtaposition of cultures right now reminds me a lot of what was happening to Oakland in the early 2000s. It's really mm. interesting. And it's really sad because you see these black communities that are holding on. You know, a lot of these people are the first homeowners. They, this is right. the first time their family owned a home and they are being priced out and pushed out of their neighborhoods. And in some cases, it's working for them where they're able to like sell their house for five hundred, six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars. But for the most part, those people don't. Some of them don't own their homes, so the people who own right. them are selling them right underneath them. They could have been renting for the last twenty-seven years, and they're being right. put out mm-hmm. in the street because some asshole like me from California wants to come and move here and buy that house. I mean, I didn't buy a house in Nashville; I bought it out in the sticks. But it's right. a real problem right now. Yeah. So the fact that she decided to invest in by by bringing money into by doing business there and she has her basically she's has her management firm her label her song publishing kind of company she has a whole like creative complex that she creates things at and the -hmm. fact that she does it there and she did it so long ago is like dude she's an icon like people aren't thinking about that 
And another thing, it's also, it's like, she said no to Elvis on I Will Always Love You. Elvis wanted to buy that song from her before Dolly Parton. He wanted to record that song. And she told him no, because he and Colonel, whatever the fuck, Colonel Sanders, whatever his right. manager's <laughs> name was, uh, refused, didn't want her to have publishing. They wanted her to give up her publishing part. And so that's this why bitch, she said no to Elvis. The she greatest said, songwriter not. of a generation? And y'all want to deny her actual pay? Y'all yes. are out your de- the. She they wrote Jolene. Okay? And that's what she said. Because most, and honestly, most women were not in a position to be selling catalog or to be selling songs true, at that period. True, true. And the fact that she wrote that song, when you also think about that song in its totality, she wrote that song as a breakup letter to get out of her situation where yep, she was being yep. oppressed by a man. Like she needed to get out of there to get out of her relationship with Porter Wagner. So she wrote this song. That's how she convinced him to let her go and to live her life and not just be a girl singer in her band, in his band. Yeah. She wrote mm. the song, she gave it to him and he said, okay, I'll break your contract and let you go. But only if you let me produce this song. Cause it was that fucking good. And she wrote it right. on the same day as Jolene, by the way. Yes, she did. Which is Oof. bonkers to me. And then to Even have that song, the B side of that album, right? Having such longevity to say no to Elvis and then to write wait for that person. And then I don't know if either of you have ever heard or read Dolly Parton talk about what it was like for her when she heard Whitney's version the first time. It's like, no, tell this me, beautiful story where she basically she knew who Whitney Houston was. She thought she had a beautiful voice. Mm-hmm. The deal was right. She said, "Go ahead, record the song," but she never heard any of the cuts. So the first time she heard Whitney's version of it was on the radio. She said she was driving in her car. Oh. And then she heard it and she was like, is this my song? Mm. Is this my song? And then she said she didn't recognize it because what Whitney had done to it was more beautiful than she could ever imagine. That she had to pull right. her car over because Whitney's voice was so strong and so perfect. <laughs> and she felt like, well, I'm not going to be able to sing this song again because I, this is a whole new song. It's this Whitney's song now. I have heard her say that. soul into this song. And so she sat in her car and she listened to the whole thing on the radio and then went uh, home and like wrote her a letter and told her how beautiful she thought it was. Cause Dolly's also famous for, she doesn't email, she mm-hmm. faxes to this day. She faxes or she types <laughs> up. She has her own Hell stationery. Yeah. And so she will write it all up and she will type it up and then she will sign it with her big girly handwriting. And then she will give it to someone and say, fax this to so-and-so and they will fax it or they will scan it and then email it to someone because nobody got faxed no more. But Dolly don't yeah. <laughs> Do you have a fax machine just so you, in case if she's like, oh, can I fax you? You're like, oh, you bet I got a motherfucking fax machine. Here's the I number. Do. I do have a fax machine. <laughs> I have a fax copier scanner. You better believe that shit. Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You're no, ready. I got to work on a project actually last year that was really special for work. And she was involved with the project. So she had sent one of those letters to somebody on the project. And so I got to see the letter and I was just like, <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> so great. Oh it was my like gosh. the closest I got. That's like my, like my whole goal here is to like, to, I will infiltrate, like I'm going to work for Dolly Parton. It's going to happen. I am putting it into the universe. Manifest that I, shit. Yes. I will work for Dolly Parton in some capacity. It is going to happen. I'm like, yeah. hands down, it's going to happen. I will be a part of her production team in some way or another, working behind the scenes, doing something in either her TV, her film, her music, her video projects. Like I, I, it's going to happen. It's I'm, I'm hands down. 100%. We're calling be. it here. We're calling it here. Yep. We're I'm going to be a now. part of that legacy. I, I know too much. I've dedicated too much of my life to this woman. There's no way that I'm, somebody's not going to hire me for my knowledge of Dolly Parton. It's just, hit, you for, hit you up for stampede tickets. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, they were the kind of in some controversy. Did you see, like, because they were doing weird stuff with, like, the mask mandate in there? They're like, hey, nobody, dude, we're all good here. And people are like, Listen, Dolly I went, I went there on Sunday, mm-hmm. this past Sunday, for the first time. 
I will never do it again. It was not mm-hmm. for me. It was, it's, it's a horse farm. It's a horse right. show. Yeah. So like, it smells like horses. It and like, right. I was just yeah. like, oh yeah. Like real, and had a like, not pleasant. Civil War theme before they had to alter things. Okay. Oh, too. it still kind of has a Civil War theme, but it's like light. Like they've definitely cleaned it up. Like there's, yeah. now it just makes no sense. They also now have like an appro- like an appropriative thing about like Native American culture that I was like, oh guys, no, this is it's going to be a matter of months before they come for you on this. Like you've got to stop this portion of the show. Oh no, they've got trained buffaloes. That was depressing. Yeah. Um, the only thing oh, that was trained badass. Trained buffalo feels yes. so violent. <laughs> like oh yeah. my god, they're like little baby oh. buffaloes that like come and run out and do like no. a circle and then come back. Oh no! The only thing that I will say that was badass is that they have three black cowgirls that are like on the teams, and they are Hell the yeah. best riders, the strongest horse riders. This one woman was incredible. She was riding two horses at once. She was riding them upside down. She jumped through a freaking yes. flaming circle like she was badass. So gotta they find do have diverse accounts. They ready. do have a diverse, you know, cast of people that are doing things, but the whole concept is just like so wild like they have synchronized service everybody gets a whole chicken and pork loin and uh, it was like so much food wait you get a whole ass chicken chicken. (laughs) i'm going oh i'm going that's what i said what because everyone said it's like hillbilly medieval times and i'm like okay well then what's the food because it fully is you get everybody gets a full chicken and it's kind of amazing they're like they have a dinner time song and basically like the doors open up from the top and all the servers like come down in a synchronized way and they all have these big trays of chicken and they literally just go down and it's like you get a chicken you get a chicken you get a chicken you get a chicken <laughs> oh my God. i took this like epic video of it because we had somebody with us that was a vegetarian so it was like chicken 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 and then his vegetarian plate was basically a plate of broccoli and yes. cauliflower like a yes. mountain of cauliflower so it was take just like, me to hill chicken 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 cauliflower <laughs> like Hillbilly they give you a times. they give you a soup with no spoon but like the bowl has a handle so everyone has to like pick up this like yes, bucket of yes, soup yes. Drink. it is and all the while uh while inhaling ammoniated like urine sort of like horse <laughs> barn smells it sounds right. like an experience everyone has to have at least once it's definitely, yeah. I mean, I'm glad I did it for once, but I was very glad when it was over. I was like, and they don't have alcohol, which I thought was a travesty. I was like, yeah. are you kidding me? I, I wonder, it like a you think they had some, Coke? please. You think they, yeah, you think they had some problems in there in the past? They're like, we have to I, stop serving alcohol. They're like, we can't do this anymore. Yeah. We just can't. Like, it give was people very, a whole chicken, they start throwing it yeah, and shit. Dude, it was funny to see how they like had sanitized it. Like, there's still elements of Civil War, but like, they make sure that it's a tie at the end. Like, no one, oh, everybody, good, it's a tie. There's a message about how everyone is equal and, you know, it doesn't matter if you're from the North or the South that, you know, everyone is beautiful and we make one great nation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was a lot. I was just like, oof, I don't know. I don't know about this one, Dolly. Like, I see what you <laughs> did here. I, I appreciate it, but. Hey, look, look, we're yeah. all, we're all growing. We're all growing. And the stampede yeah. is, is, is going through its own evolution as well. You know, but I did enjoy <laughs> eating a whole chicken. I did. My own whole yeah, chicken. I mean, it was, that was pretty solid. I, I don't have any faults about I mean, I was sold the second you said you get a whole chicken. I'm like, a yep, 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 yep. I love, I just, yeah. yep, it's my favorite challenge. Eat it was a whole pretty chicken. great. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lydia, thank you so much for joining us uh, today on The Daily oh, Zach, guys. You've been an absolute blessing. Uh, where can people find you and follow you, listen to you, hear you, you know, just sure. keep up with you. 
on the social medias, I'm at Hater Tuesday on both Instagram and Twitter. I am doing shows around the Tennessee area. I have been doing shows in Nashville, kind of here and there. I mean, that was three weeks ago. You know what I mean? I'm not sure what things are looking forward moving forward. So just kind of check that. My website is LydiaPopovich.com. I put shows up on there too. But if you are in and around Tennessee, I'm going to be around here. And then I'll hopefully, as things get better or get, continue to be safe, I'll be in California soon doing some shows out there as well. But I'm just trying to uh, be very realistic about what's safe and what's not. And I'm not trying to put yeah. myself or other people in compromising situations. So just For trying sure. to be smart about it. But yeah, follow me online. Say hi. Don't say hi. Whatever. That's that's cool too, man. Live your life. <laughs> Live your life. Uh, what's the tweet that you like? Is there something on social media that you thought was funny? Gave you a little haha? You know what? I have not been spending a lot of time on Twitter. I'm not right. going to lie. I, I've, I've been loving it. I've kind mm-hmm. of been great. Like I kind of look at it in the morning and that's it. I, I don't really have one that I can say that like I saw that I... That was What's funny. a recipe you've uh, been fucking with recently? I will tell you about um, something that I had recently that I was very proud of myself for making because okay. uh, I'm not a big fan of tomatoes, but I was like, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to embrace this. I got tomatoes in my, in my, my farm box because I have a farm box that I get from local farmers, bunch of tomatoes. I made a lamb and beef heirloom tomato ragu sauce. It was fantastic. Ooh. And it's super oh. easy and you can do it if anything you want. All you got to do is you need about six big fatty ripe tomatoes. You need a green bell pepper. You need an onion. Get a sweet onion, a Vidalia if you can find one. Put all that shit in the oven. Cover it with oil, salt and pepper. Don't peel it. Wash it. You know what I mean? Roast mm-hmm. that shit until the skin starts falling off. Let it cool. Blend it up. And then take a pot and then just brown off your meats with garlic and a shit ton of basil. And then pour in that mixture of the peppers, the onions, and yes. the tomatoes. Mm. And then just cook it up. And you can kind of season it to taste. I suggest like a, a hearty handful of some like Italian seasoning. I like to crush up some fresh fennel, put that in there and then just mm. cook that shit down. And you can put it on just about everything. Like I put it on a bagel and it was great. I put it on pasta. It was great. I put it on a spaghetti squash. It was great. Like, and you can put it in the freezer and it freezes beautifully. So mm. roast, yeah, your, roast, yourself, roast yourself. We don't need tweets. Make yourself something We need good. recipes. You know what yeah, I mean? man. No tweets. I mean, more recipes. Um, Joel, thank you so much mm-hmm. again for helping guest host today. Uh, what's uh, you know, where can people find you, follow you, uh, encounter you, and and what is a tweet that you like? Yeah, uh, unlike Lydia, I don't like myself, and so I live on Twitter. Uh, you can find me there <laughs> at Joel Monique. It's J O E L L E M O N I Q U E. A tweet I've been cackling at for a long time. Serena at makeup underscore Serena says, "All I know is if I'm wealthy, so are my children, and my children would never be homeless or without any at any age." Uh, she was responding to the report that Dr. Dre's oldest oh, yeah. daughter is homeless and living in her car, and he is a billionaire. I don't care if your kids are assholes; don't let them be homeless. It seems hey, just hey, like he has logic 900 to me. Million. He has oh. 900 million. Okay. <laughs> okay. While you separate with $2,000 and help her get an apartment. Yeah. It seems like not that much to do. Oh, fuck Did out of here. Like, who was it like fucking Shannon Sharp was like, yep. at that age, like, you don't need you don't need a parent at that point. And you're like, what the fuck are y'all What is wrong with people? Just help your kids get on their feet. What's, Love your child. For all this talk of like generational wealth with black people too, like why are we suddenly gonna be like, oh, but not for them? What you gotta do no. it on your own, work hard, or just, this this whole mentality of survive or die is so toxic and ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Big time, particularly when you have yeah. more than anyone could ever spend in their entire lifetime. I'll never understand it ever. Well, and that, that and that mentality is particularly damaging in communities where like the resources are already low. 
yes. yeah. then like rationalize Shannon Sharp's the situation. grandmother took him in when his parents could not take care of him. What are you talking about, you hypocrite? Get out of here. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, hey, people like to revise their own history to be like, you should go home. Right? And it should go both ways, too, with that same thing. Like, take care of your parents. Yeah. Like, yeah. your parents took care of you. Like, like so you're not going to help your parents? Yeah, so you if your make parents your take care of you. Gr- yeah, Definitely like your 72 year old grandma is going to be a door dasher because you won't send her a thousand dollars. Get your life together. Like, Oof. how yeah. about our elderly people, too? That's the other part of this that's making me sad is Respect we have this whole elderly generation yeah. that yeah. are just out in the wind that, like, no longer have transportation to health appointments because of COVID, that are not getting regular health care, yep. that are at yep. extremely high risk, that don't have any food. Like, help out your children, help out your elders, help each other out, period. Yeah. Ugh. Well, what's a tweet I like? <laughs> um, okay. Uh, actually, it's just from The Onion. Really simple one. It's a guy in like a Hawaiian print shirt with like a Gatsby, like, you know, cabbie hat already. on. It says, man in splashy floral print wastes everyone's time by not having any drugs on him. That's the advertisement to say you're trippy, you're wavy. Straight up. And I, I feel like there's times when you're like, yo, what's up? You smoke? And they're like, oh, no, no, no. And you're like, oh, what, what are you, you doing? You dressed like you are tripping on acid right mm-hmm. now. Okay. Do you? You oh, can find man. me at That's Miles funny. of Gray on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can also find me on the other show, 420 Day Fiance with Sophie Alexandra. And yeah, I know I've been talking shit, Lydia, that you, we got to have you on. This, this is going to happen because we, <laughs> this is going to, it's got to Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's whole new series that are popping off, but I I'm know. just like, that, I haven't watched Love in Paradise yet, but I heard that one's wicked. Twitter loving it. It's wild. Yeah. I, I'm just like, oh, mean. so we're just, okay, cool. This is what we're doing? <laughs> oh, we're we doing this? This is just, this is just like sex tourism? This is like, if this show, if that show does not go, if I don't see people fucking on that show, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> like, they've already showed what? us nipples. Like, it's basically like, I'm a sex oh, tourist. Oh, they did? Oh yeah, though. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Okay. The I first, know, I didn't know that's minute really you now. see four sets of nipples. Great. Oh, Great. yeah. Okay. You know? I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Great. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's basically about sex tourism that people are trying to like pretend as relationships. I'm like, no, you want to go to the Caribbean oh. and, and fuck a pool boy? I get it. Right, right, get right, at right. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. He exactly. wants to fuck you too. No, so I'm looking weird. for love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, we get sure it. you are. You can sure find you us uh, at Daily Zeitgeist on Twitter at the Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. Uh, we have a Facebook fan page and a website where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Footnotes. There you go. Thank you very much. <laughs> and that's where I also post uh, the song we write out on. But before I tell you that, got to remind you, this show is a production of iHeartRadio. So for more podcasts, check out that app or Apple Podcasts, wherever you get to your podcasts. And for the song that we will be writing out on, this is a track by Kiki John. K-I-K-I-G-Y-A-N. He is a Ghanaian disco uh, musician from like the Ooh. 70s. And I just love a little bit of Ghanaian disco. And this track is called Disco Dancer. Yes. And it's just got, it's so upbeat and happy and like, it's great. And like, there's a lot of great percussion because Ghanaian disco. And yeah, that, I, I dare you to not have a good moment listening to this song. So this is Disco Dancer by Kiki Jian. Until next time, we'll see you in the trending episode later. But take care of yourselves and each other and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.